step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. See this? This is my boomstick! Ah! <laughs> First, take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! Welcome to the Banter Booth, everybody. It's your host, Zach Crawford. How are you doing? And happy Thursday for everybody listening. Uh, if you're listening on Thursday, otherwise this is just this is just nothing. Happy day for anybody just listening randomly. Joining me yet again for our regular Thursday edition of the Banter Booth is Bryant Green. How you doing, buddy? Pleasure to have you back. I'm doing fantastic yet again. Here I am again with another Thursday episode. Ready to go and having fun again. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you know what? I'm glad you had to say fun that many times in that sentence. That Holy really that, that makes me almost believe you. <laughs> I'm, I'm always having fun, man. Always. <laughs> I got to throw that word in a few more times, okay? So that way, just to show you that I'm having lots of fun. <laughs> perfect, perfect. It'll convince me if you say it all five more times, but I don't want to hear it right now. You just sprinkle them throughout your next sentence. So all right. I think, we, I think we announced this last week on the show because we, we finished, we did a whole Kenobi breakdown. And we always had mm-hmm. every Thursday together. And so now we decided that we were just going to do a show every Thursday, 30, mm-hmm. 40 minute long, just shows we were going to talk about maybe a movie we watched this week or uh, i don't know something something interesting it could be just us free flowing kind of like the regular podcast where it's just kind of go you know we start somewhere we end up in a different place but typically stay within the realms of pop culture but uh yeah but this is this is like i guess this is like our first since kenobi's over this is our first episode with us just being able to do a, a regular thursday show the two of us and we don't have to talk about star wars we can talk about whatever else we like <laughs> finally no <laughs> <laughs> holy fuck i couldn't it's wait for over. that show to be over no i just had an amazing star wars idea for their new show they need to do a whole show on jar jar binks oh did you hear did you see that thing that taika watiti said that he joked no. around and said that that movie he was making was going to be a secret jar jar binks adventure story oh my god no i have not seen that that's the next Star Wars movie on the docket. Uh, Taika Waititi's not Jar Jar Binks. We don't know if Jar Jar will be in Taika's movie, but I don't know. Are you excited? Well, we'll just start off here. We'll start off here before we get into the big thing. Um, what do you think of Taika Waititi coming into the Star Wars world and making his, make, putting his signature style and humor into that universe? Any opinions, I, any thoughts? Do you think it'll work out? I don't think he's the right... Uh... I'm not saying he's a bad director. He's done some good stuff. I don't think having his sense of humor should not be in the Star Wars universe, in my opinion. But then again, I could be wrong. Maybe he's uh, he could prove me wrong. He might do a really good Star Wars movie and uh, 
not have so much more of the sense of humor end of things for more of a serious kind of stuff, I guess it's put it that way. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't seen much of this stuff except for Thor, uh, Thor Ragnarok and soon to be Thor Love the Thunder. That's about it. But you saw The Mandalorian. Ah, uh, yes. And yes. he directed, I want to say, the season finale to season one. He's directing, he's going to be directing a few episodes in season three. I don't think he directed any in season two. I just know that he directed at least one episode of season one. And oh, he, played, he played the droid too, IG-88, obviously. But that's really oh. recognizable voice. Oh, wait, no, he didn't know. Okay. I know, I had no idea. I was like, no, what? Then I'll take my comment back. Redact <laughs> it, redact it, redact it. All take right? it back, take nothing. it back. Black it out, black it out. Take it back. Never happened, never happened. Uh, Neuralizer from Men in Black. Never happened. (laughs) Let's go back to the beginning. So Taika Waititi is going to be directing Star Wars, Gecko. Are you excited? No, I'm more interested. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, this is great. This is, I'm glad. (laughs) I love this. This is so much fun. I think we went on like five minutes and I felt like I've already laughed. So a, a lot, way, way too much. It's starting to sound like all those podcast memes. I've seen so many of these memes on Twitter recently where they're like, every podcast sounds like this. And it's like one guy will say something and the other guy only laughs. And I just thought in my head, I was like, oh God, am I doing that right now? <laughs> no. I, am I being that meme? Oh no. No, definitely not, dude. I'm a bit <laughs> of a quiet laugh, a laugher anyways. I'm kind of a, kind of hold it in if I let, unless I, um, find something really funny i just can't hold it then i'll just laugh it out loud so much more i feel like it's so much more interesting though if you're laughing during a podcast i get way more (laughs) invested into it like a podcast that i like listening to that i I understand a lot of people don't actually like because it it gets so like these these uh you ever heard of smartless with jason bateman sean hayes and will arnett no actually i have not well it's a it's a i'm not you know what if you're listening to the banter booth, my, my, one of my favorite podcasts is Smartless. Uh, they already have enough fans, so I don't recommend checking it out. <laughs> but it's, it's actually like so funny. They don't, one of them brings on a guest and the other two don't know about it. So then the other two are just, you know, making up stuff on the spot. But a lot of the time it's friends. So it's like the three of them are already best friends and then they'll bring on another friend. And then it's just pure pandemonium. There's an episode with uh, Catherine Hahn and they just oh. laugh the entire time. There's like no audible or like usable dialogue at all in the podcast. It's just all <laughs>, laughs and them joking around. But it's so fun. And I, and I oh. thought that's the those are the type like I liked that. I mean, I didn't learn anything throughout it, but I did. Th- I did find it entertaining. Yeah, not not, not as uh, well. So it's gonna say Joe Rogan is the the only podcast me that I listen to. But I don't know, recently with him, I have been kind of just not listening to much, I should say. I don't know. He has weird guests now, I'd say. I would not know. I, I think I saw. Oh, wait, no. I totally saw it trending on Twitter on Wednesday <laughs> that uh, Gina Carano was on. And people were people were talking oh. about it. And I went, and I went oh, my God, this has got to be the first, like, guaranteed. Because he's he always gets these controversial people to come on. And then they'll start saying all these like those just hot topics all the clickbait stuff and then articles will get written about them and you start hearing about all the the drama and what they said so i'm waiting yeah. now, now that this gina carano's episode out I, i'm surprised i saw a little bit of outrage on twitter today i'm expecting more tomorrow after people have now you know found their clips they're going to talk about which mm-hmm. would be interesting that's i i, I don't know 
I won't, I'm not going to talk much more about this. I'm going to segue into our next thing, which is this, <laughs> which is this enough about podcasts, enough about Star Wars. Mm. I want to I talk about something really important. Uh, mm. Gecko, if you yes. know, you know, two weeks ago, you said yes. you watched Dodgeball. Yes. And you were telling me we, we played Minecraft. This is this is only purely backstory for the listener. Yes. You had told me you watched Dodgeball. It's on Disney Plus. It's hilarious. I hadn't watched it in years, but I was like, okay, it's only 89 minutes long. And with you, you were like halfway through it and you were talking about how much fun you were having the with White Goodman, oh, yeah. Ben Stiller's character. Yeah. <laughs> and all the all the all the you know, sneaky background jokes that run, especially a statue oh, yes, that looks yeah. like two dudes are sucking each other off. Yeah. <laughs> and you were like even more surprised because you had said, this is a PG-13 movie or something. This I, rated literally, R. Literally, I thought, I thought the movie was rated R, but when I looked at the rating, it was PG-13. But I was just like, holy <laughs> shit, how the hell did they get away with so much subtle i mean a lot of subtle adult humor in this movie you know you mean you will see it whether it be in the background or some of the jokes they make or some of the stuff like they said the statues and two dudes looking like they're like banging but it's not but it's like what the hell like for a pg-13 movie i was quite taken back by it, but i still i loved it i absolutely loved it <laughs> it's it is good because you had brought up that you watched it i think it was later that night i decided to watch it as well yeah. So then I watched Dodgeball. Then you had mentioned you watched Cable Guy. So then I watched Cable Guy. And then all of a sudden, before I knew it, I had watched 11 movies featuring the actor Ben Stiller, which is what I want to talk about right now. Yes. I've watched 11 movies with this man, and I'm going to try. This is my challenge for this summer. I'm going to watch every single movie Ben Stiller has done. Same. And, <laughs> and yes, here we go. And we're going to talk about it on the show. And whenever we have an update or we have some thoughts on some movies we watched, we're going to talk about it. And that's what we're going to do this summer for our Thursday edition. And I got a name for it. Are you ready for it, Gecko? Are you ready? Yes. The Summer of Stiller. The Summer of Stiller. The Summer like of it. Stiller. That's what we're calling it for the next, you know, for the rest of the summer. We're yeah. watching Ben Stiller movies. We're going to be talking about it. And I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm, I'm 11 deep now. And I, 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 I've already found a few that like, I've never seen before, but I really liked. But um, for you, g give me your thoughts on Stiller. Well, first off, when you talk about 11, I did probably see about seven so far, I think, overall, mm -hmm. Ben Stiller, movie-wise. But overall, I think he's an awesome actor and director. And oh. one of the people, with the people who I've asked, like, what do you think of Ben Stiller? They all say they don't like him. I'm like, why? Yeah, I think he's, why? I think he's genius and of an actor and then, and of a director, especially in his comedic stuff. Mm -hmm. I well, I love his comedic roles because he's either the same dude and everything, or he's yeah. completely fucking insane. Yes, he's either the straight guy. Or he's, he can play both ends of the odd couple relationship, basically, is what I'm saying. <laughs> no, he can be the guy that's insane. He can be your white Goodman. He can be like Zoolander's fucking stupid, but insane. That, that's not a straight, that's not like a straight man type character. That no. man is literally insane. And there's, there's another one I'm thinking of where he's, oh, he's fucking crazy. Heavyweights, another one where oh, that man's nuts. Yeah. And that's one that I watched for the first time Same. after I started this marathon of, of Ben Stiller. And I'd watched it 
because I saw it was in Disney Plus, and right now I've got it ranked fourth all time on my Ben Stiller list because I'm ranking them and I'm putting them on Letterbox. And you can follow okay. along, listeners, at ZC underscore movies on Letterboxd. That's the oh. app. Nice. Go do it, folks. <laughs> Go do it. But, okay. I'm actually surprised that there's a lot of people that don't like Ben Stiller. A lot of people that I've talked to about it have just been like, oh, it's a weird, that's a weird marathon to do. But that's the only comment I get. That's just a weird marathon. It's like, well, I don't know why I'm doing it either. I just thought it'd be interesting. And there's no better way to really get a good career retrospective on somebody than to like go through everything they've done. Yeah. Sort of, sort of get a grab, grasp of where they've been, you know, where they're going and everything. Yeah. You just you get to look at how it began, where we're at, what they've learned. And, and so far, I found that very interesting, especially with Stiller's directorial efforts. Yeah. I, I, he, he definitely does take movie directing in a different direction sometimes especially like one of my favorite movies he's done is cable guy oh yeah <laughs> and that's a shame because that movie is really underrated yep which is like why like it's it's really well done for like the story aspect so far mm-hmm. jim carrey is great <laughs> choice for phenomenal, the, the phenomenal villain. choice yeah, and there is some really good sense of humor. Like, I think typical Ben Stiller humor per se, but, like, it's still funny. There were still some funny mm-hmm. moments in that movie, too. Yeah, like, you could totally see Ben Stiller playing the Matthew Broderick character, and I'm kind of glad that he didn't. I could, I think I see it as he, dire- this, is, this was his second uh, directorial effort right yeah. after Reality Bites. So he does Cable Guy, and I think because he did a bit of a starring role in Reality Bites, maybe he wanted to do a bit of a lesser role in Cable Guy, which is why he plays uh, the the murderer that everyone's watching on yeah. TV. They're, they're, they're waiting for his trial. He's basically um, what? He's basically like a parody of the Menendez brothers, if, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, basically. Yeah, um, basically. And, and even with even with those little tiny bits of them that we do get, it's so it, it's kind of funny because he's he's like, on the stand crying or <laughs> freaking out trying to explain yeah. himself and what happened um yeah but but with his with with the the directing part of this movie one thing i really like about his directorial efforts is that he 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 tries to he bites off more than he can chew but he pulls it off yeah so he, he 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 swings for the fences and he and he gets the home run like even yeah. with cable guy you know this guy and his relationship with movies it's i mean or tv Jim Carrey's character is completely obsessed with this stuff, kind of like us, but he's yeah. like psychotic with it. They're yes. like the only relationships he knows are from TV. So he doesn't know how to do any human interaction. And the whole movie is kind of about how everybody relies on cable. Matthew Broderick's ca- character needs it. Leslie Mann's character needs it. Everybody in the world is watching this trial and they need it. And then in the end, we get, to, we get some, the power goes out for everybody because Jim Carrey dies at the end. Yes. Spoiler alert, this movie was made in 1996. So I, shouldn't really need to do a spoiler alert yeah exactly (laughs) but but it's interesting the message about how media influences and how much we really find ourselves engulfed in it completely obsessed by it and this this movie's kind of exactly and this movie's kind of the antithesis to that of like showing how ridiculous how ridiculous we are with it and then showing us we also need it we we, we need to take a step back and and like you know focus on the other things that are way more important I kind of like yeah. that all of his movies are, are like that. They're always about focusing on what's more important. Yes, and that's very true. 
um, I really did get that vibe a lot when I watched it the second time. Because I watched mm-hmm. it the first time way before, like, a while ago, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. But watching the second time more recently, I definitely get that vibe of, like, geez, these people really rely on media and the TV and stuff, like, way too much. They don't see what's really important around them, in a sense, if you can't catch my drift. Yeah. Yeah. So they stay too focused on that. You can even really see that within the families who are watching the, <clears throat> excuse me, the trial or what other shows that may be that they're watching, right? So, I mean, take it as literally as you want. Cable is literally ruining this man's life because Jim Carrey's character <laughs> was a fucking straight up psychopath. Like, literally. if you didn't understand the message of the movie, then that's like, it's kind of in your face the whole time. And I, I know Literally. a lot of people kind of, I know so many people these days where you're, you're, you get them to ask or get them to talk about their thoughts on movies and it kind of just, they just take it on face value. They don't put any subtext into it at all. So they take no. it way too literally. And then they'll be like, oh, I hated it because this happened. And it's like, well, no, that's supposed to happen. You just didn't, under- you didn't really understand or put any thought into these characters or why they were doing what they were doing. You just watched this thing with your brain off and didn't try to, you know, critically think throughout the whole thing. Because the movie's mm-hmm. telling you like, Every piece of every movie or film is art. It's always yeah. to tell you something. I mean, exactly. there are definitely some movies out there that aren't art, and I can think of a few off the top of my head. But this podcast <laughs> is not for hating; it's for loving. It's the loving place. It's a loving atmosphere. That's funny how you were kind of thinking that um, you were saying how Matthew Broderick's character seems like it was meant for Ben Stiller. He could have easily played it. Could have easily. I thought he could have easily played the cable guy, honestly. Well, that goes right with what we were saying before about how he can play both ends of the odd couple relationships. So you're exactly. completely correct. Yeah. Because I, as soon as I saw Jim Carrey on it and the way he was talking, the way he was putting his sense of humor, I was just like, geez, I, I bet you Ben Stiller could have done that too. But you know what? I like Jim Carrey just as good, as, as much, sorry. Well, I think now that I've seen and been as well, obviously, Jim Carrey has been this character now for 26 years. And I think even revisited him in a Super Bowl commercial from last year or the year before that. I think so, honestly. Yeah. But it's like that. I can't even picture Ben Stiller doing that role. I mean, despite how many crazy people this guy has played, Jim Carrey really made that his own. And, and, and my, my favorite part, one of my favorite scenes with Jim Carrey. Might be yours, too. maybe. I won't. I won't assume. But I like when they're in medieval times and they're battling. Oh yeah! And he's going up to him. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's oh. Just he's really like back and forth, back and forth, in his face, yeah. just making that weird noise. That yeah. I just that's one of those. That was one of those parts where I was literally like holding my chest, laughing. Yeah, or even like I kind of like the basketball moment too. <laughs> He's like, oh, pass oh, me the rock. Rules, huh? <laughs> Holy fuck. Oh, Completely fuck. ruins everybody's day. Literally. He was just like, literally just wrecking everyone's day, just hip checking them, just body checking them, everything just to make somebody's life miserable in that game. Oh my God. <laughs> His own goal. <laughs> uh, oh, something I want to talk about with this movie is well kind of with almost every ben stiller movie i've watched so far what the fuck is up with the amazing casts he attracts so much talent but in his early work they were all like nobodies so it's like they just you know they just came into it together what what's the term i think they call themselves or were called um the frat pack him and those usual guys they were called the frat pack okay and they they made obviously a bunch of fucking movies together 
as we can tell from how many times they all appeared. Like how many movies has he done with Vince Vaughn? Owen Holy Wilson. Shit, yeah. Tons yeah. of times with Owen Wilson. Yeah. Um, I guess those two are like the main guys coming off the top of my head, but then Jack Black does, appears in a few things here and there. Yeah. So there's a lot of recurring people in, in his movies, but it's it's mainly, if I were to give it one definitive answer, it's it's Owen Wilson that's in gotta be in most there the most of the time. Yeah. Think about it. They I got the I... Night of the Museum franchise, cable guy, he appears there, Royal Tenenbaums. Uh he was in something else I just watched with a minute. And of course I'm gonna um, blank. Oh. I was gonna say what do you got? He was not in Tropic Thunder, was he? No, no, I don't think he was in Tropic Thunder. Oh, Meet the Parents, Meet the Fockers, and Little Fockers. That's it. That's another trilogy they're in together. That's that's a trilogy I do want to see. That's that's on my to-do list to watch. <laughs> I've got Meet the Parents and Meet the Fockers so far watched. Uh, I haven't watched Little Fockers because that's not an, on any stream site, so I'd have to rent it. And, oh, uh, okay. I'm just not about that life right now because it's like <laughs> those movies are okay. Meet the yeah. Parents, I gave a two and a half out of five stars. It was all right. It's too, it's just too like, man, it's really made for the time it was in back in the early 2000s. Yeah. And it's so, so conservative in nature, especially, well, clearly with how the way Robert De Niro's character is portrayed. But at the end of the day, that whole movie really is just about the tired fucking stereotype of the father of the bride type shit. You know, this is the the dad. You have to impress her. You have to get her permission and her, his permission to marry her and all that and all those outdated patriarchal rules. Yes. Yes. I know I just, exactly. The outdated nature of the film was something I, I didn't like, but then the sequel took it at least a step far, farther. I like yeah. Meet the Fockers more than I like Meet the Parents because Meet the Fockers, you know, actually challenges those beliefs that Robert De Niro holds true in the first movie and then gives you answers and other ways you can handle and, you know, go about your life as opposed to this stupid, I got, it's just, ah. I hate those tired and true stereotypes. So I was really glad that in the sequel, he got like, he got to learn his lesson. That's why I like meet the Fockers a lot more as it felt like he explored a lot more within that relationship and added more and was able to elevate the script and show you two different worldviews and at least balance it out and do it in a way that it was still funny. And this is back in 2004. Yeah. But it's great when you watch a movie like that, if that movie was made today, people would say it's too political. It's too political. But it's like, that was 2004, and it feels like it could get made today, and people would complain about it being too political. Uh, yeah, early 2000 movies, probably for sure, because like you said, they, they were kind of political political movies in a sense. Aren't like, they all, though? Aren't all movies a tad oh, bit yes. political? So when, yes. everybody, when everybody says that this is too political, I might be able to, I might give you it if it's feels like it's a little too forced yes that'd be the only that's, time that's the cross that's where you cross the line you feel like it's being forced and it's like no don't like this <laughs> <laughs> all right so i know one that you and i both love with ben stiller but i know you haven't been able to revisit it yet which is oh, i still shame. remember a lot of it though <laughs> yeah that's good that's good because i want to i do want to get into this one and it's so far this is my favorite one to rewatch because of the masterpiece that it is not only did Ben Stiller direct this movie, he was the main actor, Tug Speedman. Yeah. He was the co-writer with Justin Theroux, and he yeah. produced it. This yeah. man had four credits on this film, and I think you know exactly the one I'm talking about. I know you do, Gecko, but for the Ooh. listeners, the movie is Tropic Thunder, one of the best movies of all time. I think you can agree with that, right, Gecko? Yes. It's actually like my top 10 favorite movies of all time. Same here. Same here. T- top 10, probably top five. 
I might squeeze okay. into the top five. Okay, but definitely top ten for me. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite. Like I will never get bored of watching that movie. If you someone says you want to see Tropic Thunder, I'll say hundred percent. Throw it on. I'll watch uh, that no problem. <laughs> I got the director's cut, so I've only ever really seen the version of the film that has the extra twenty minutes. So I I see the director's really cut. Seen I the, love it. Yep. Yeah. I can't even remember what the theatrical cut was like. That's how used to the director's cut I'm I'm, I'm at. Same here, honestly, because my dad has the copy of the director's cut, and that's the only thing I don't know. That's the mm-hmm. only one I do know. And I know, like you said, there's the theatrical release, but I might have seen it once, but I don't yeah. remember if I ever did. I know streaming, like when it was streaming on Netflix, they had the they had the theatrical version, and I oh, was okay. like, oh no! I tried watching it one time. I saw that it was 20 minutes shorter, and I went, I'm just gonna plop the Blu-ray in. Nope. I'm just gonna pop the Blu-ray in. Yep, yep, it's way better. Way, way better. better. Well, it still feels perfectly placed, and everything that they cut out feels like it should have been there. I can't even mm-hmm. tell you what they would have cut out because I've I'm so used to the director's cut being the normal version of the movie. So, Same. <laughs> but every like it doesn't feel like you could have cut anything out of that movie. Everything added something. Was it either to the story or to the message, which is ultimately the story as well? But yeah everything was adding something and i and yeah. i love that and and t- taking these five is it five five actors plopping them in cambodia in the jungle and yeah. then they think they're making a movie inadvertently they are not they get yeah. dropped into this real fucking experience finding out the book that their story is based on that they're supposed to be making a movie on is false the guy yeah. never lost his hands for four leaf tayback that's his name played yep. by Nick Nolte. <laughs> it's such a genius concept because the whole there's so much the crux of the movie is about being fake and now we're dropping these fake people into the real world facing real problems and then of course they're <laughs> faced with their real self and it's fuck it's so good fake versus real is is a big big aspect of the film. It was very geniusly done to be honest with you in my opinion. <laughs> well look at could it be better exemplified than Robert Downey Jr.'s character of Kirk Lazarus. That man <laughs> took his fucking life way too seriously. He didn't even know who he really was at the end. He forgot about him, his true self, literally. <laughs> who he really was. He was just a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. That's how he describes it. Like, the man doesn't even know who he is anymore. <laughs> exactly. That's literally within that line. <laughs> he says, I'm just a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. Exactly what he said. It perfectly describes him. <laughs> Oh, what's your favorite part of Tropic Thunder, my man? In all honesty, just despite how small of a moment he has in the movie, it's probably Tom Cruise. Less gross, man. <laughs> yes. Dude. What a revelation. What an absolute revelation. Some people didn't even know that that was Tom Cruise. I remember back at the release, some people didn't even know. My dad and I did not know when we first saw it. We we're like, it sounds like him, but we don't know if it is him. And sure, when we looked at him up, sure was. It was freaking Tom <laughs> Cruise, motherfucker. <laughs> Total change physically, even though I know it's all makeup, but it's physically amazing. Well, yeah, but I like that it's like he committed so much to that role. And it's one of those things that I always love about Tom Cruise is he says he doesn't pick he, he says he doesn't pick roles or scripts that are great. He picks roles that he can make great. Yeah. 
And that's like, I think no perf, no better exemplified than in Tropic Thunder. He took Les Grossman and made it legendary. Yeah. It's funny, like, if you see some of the interviews, it's to like, oh, like, why? I think one of the questions was like, oh, what was it like? Like, what was the process of gaining this character? And one of the things he's like, well, I want a big hands. That's what Tom Cruise said. I want a big hands with this character. So that's something I had to like uh, imagine having this character basically, which I thought was even more hilarious of a reason why he picked that role. I also, I kind of like that he, he specifically asked Ben Stiller about doing a dance. And yes. then they ended up using it as the end credit song. Uh, well, for the end, I should say for the end yes. credit sequence, not for the song. Um, <laughs> yes. But it is, I, ah, it's so hard when he's on screen not to laugh and they perfectly pair him like that studio storyline. So great at satirizing Hollywood, but that group of people they're able to bring together for that Matthew McConaughey, Bill Hader, Tom Cruise. Like, yes. I know it's just those main three, but I, I just it love works. their dynamic and all the stuff they get into. Like it's such a minor storyline, but every time they're together, it's hilarious. Especially like, like you said, it's a minor situation, but it turns to be like a really big problem at the end of it too, because mm-hmm. we're thinking about yep. one Tug Speedman as an actor or with the studio or something like that. So they were trying to find like the most shittiest way of getting rid of him. Something <laughs> like that, right? Well, like they basically, I know that after they had come to grips with the fact that he had been taken by this group in Cambodia, they were like, just going to straight up give up. Like, okay, yeah. fuck it. Like, yeah, basically, he's he's gone. We're gonna forget about him. He he lived a great career. We'll put out a PR piece. Um, even even the the mockumentary, which if you have the director's cut, yes, the the movie comes with a thirty minute mockumentary to go along with the film called Reign of Madness, which is all the actors, like real actors, like RDJ, Ben Stiller, Jack Black. Yeah, but they stay in character as if it's a real documentary. So it's it's their Tropic Thunder characters playing them. You know, they're playing their Tropic Thunder characters, but as if they're real. Yeah. And oh my god, it's it's hilarious. But it adds so much, especially to how the studio treated the situation. They put out a news release in the mockumentary saying that the basically they don't care, not a problem at all. They're probably dead. And they, put, <laughs> they just put that out there like, see you later. Bye-bye. Yep. Goodbye. And it's like, that's Remember. how much, because the studios don't, because studios don't care about you. They don't care about you. Yeah, you're so just, you're an asset train. to them until you're not. That's all it is. I have to say Tom Cruise plays like the perfect asshole in that movie. Based off Harvey Weinstein. That's what I believe Cruz had said that in the past, that he based yeah. his performance off Harvey Weinstein. And uh, well, judging by what we know, we know now about Weinstein. Wow. Is it ever perfect? Yes. <laughs> based <laughs> off what we know now. Yes. Honestly, he does an amazing role in I that agree. movie. My, it's, my... It is my favorite, for sure. No matter um, how, like I said, it's minor, but I love it. It's my favorite mm-hmm. thing. And I'm sure, I'm sure you love the big scene with, with Les Grossman. I'm, it's the, one of the most, come on. It's got to be one of the most iconic scenes. Not even just in this movie. People quote this and it'll pop up on like best comedy scene videos, but it's the cell phone scene when he yells, yeah. take a big step back and literally fuck your own face. <laughs> I will fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Okay, you- let's see. Do, do you have that memorized? Oh, oh, this shit. is good. This is good. I want to see. Oh, he's like, 
Flamey Dragon, fuck face. What if just <laughs> take a big step back and learn, fuck your own face? Uh, then he's like, I don't know what kind of pandemic uh, bullshit. Um, fuck, there's a little bit more to what he says mm-hmm. to that part. Then he's he's doing like, pretty well. Like, it, it's, yeah. it's good. For somebody I haven't seen in a while, it's pretty crazy. But then he's like, I'm scorched earth, motherfucker. I will yeah, massacre yeah. you. I will, I will fuck you up. <laughs> My favorite bit is he does this whole speech, takes the phone from Rick Peck, Matthew McConaughey's character, yeah. takes the phone re- with reckless abandon, grabs that phone and goes, who is this? Yeah. This is <laughs> Flaming is this? Dragon. Oh, okay. Flaming Dragon. Fuck face. Why don't you take a big step back and literally fuck your own face? <laughs> Now, I don't know what kind of pan-Pacific bullshit power play you're trying to pull yeah. here, but Asia Jack is my territory. But whatever, so whatever you're thinking, you better think again. Otherwise, I'm going to have to come down there and rain down an ungodly fucking firestorm upon you. I am talking scorched earth, motherfucker. I will massacre you. I will fuck you up. Hangs up the phone, walks over to his desk, looks back at Bill Hader and goes, can you find out who that was? This, yeah. <laughs> this. Can't find out who that was. No big problem, by the way. Doesn't care. Didn't yeah. care at all. That was he basically was like just just wanted to yell at somebody. That yeah. could have been anybody. That's how like that's how great of a character he is, and so perfectly exemplifies everything the movie is going for to illustrate. It's it's amazing the satirization of Hollywood. It's fucking yeah. perfect. Yeah. Or my other favorite part. I know we're going a little crazy with this, but like no worries, him, Les Grossman. Is when you do first see him and he meets like the whole crew who was trying to film Tropic Thunder and that. And he's like, which one of you fuck faces is um what was the director's name in that movie again? Like Damien the- Cockburn. Damien Cockburn. Uh that's that's me. He's like, who's the key grip? The guy's like <laughs> me. And he's just like, you I want you punching the face real fucking hard. He's just like, sorry, dude. <laughs> and that, that fucking punch you can fucking feel that holy yeah, shit you, you see it you're just like oh like it's like a oh. like it's a wide shot and we just fucking go but bam damien's <laughs> face just goes back and right back into place afterwards but my god that was such a fucking gnarly hit from the guy yeah that key grip really had a fucking he really yeah. walloped him one or then he's just like die coke oh. yeah and he's just like if I know, I think he's kind of like, if I know you fuck up, I'm going to shove my fist so far up your shithole, you're going to have to tiptoe past my wedding ring. And then he's like, yes! Dude, <laughs> dude, I love that. Tiptoe past my wedding ring. Oh, my God. What's uh, What about when he's, when he's talking to four-leaf Tayback and he's like, "That's I wrote the book. And he goes, oh, oh you're, you're, you're a national war hero. Now shut the fuck up and let me do my job. <laughs> Gives them respect, then shuts them right the fuck up. Yeah, I'm doing my job right now. <laughs> Holy, Holy fuck, dude. That, like, yeah. it just doesn't get better. It does? Like, that's just probably the best comedy, one of the best comedy movies of all time. Oh, yeah. It's, no, I'm not saying, ben like. Ben Stiller hasn't been better. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's actually hard to say because he's done some pretty good stuff since then. But Tropic Thunder, personally, is my favorite. I think that's the peak of his best. 
I was gonna say like even like I know the other actors like Robert Downey Jr., Ben Stiller, and the other guys did a great job in that movie. But there's, I just think Tom Cruise took the cake for me in that movie overall. Oh yeah, yeah. For some, my favorite moment with Robert Downey Jr. isn't even in Tropic Thunder. It's in it's in the mockumentary Reign of Madness because he's he gets they basically in the in the documentary they talk about how into the role he is. And we get that aspect in the film. They talk about how committed he is. Yeah. And in the, mo- in the mockumentary, they talk about how a storm hit the set and they had to move back to the United States for a few weeks. So Kirk Lazarus, as Osiris, says that he wants to go back to Texas where his character is from and, you know, hang out with the widow of the real Osiris and his two kids. <laughs> so he goes over to their house tapes the widow to the wall, ties the two boys up, and then is just pointing a gun at them and yelling at them in a hotel room. What the fuck? Like, it makes, like, it just, like, that shit just fucking happens. Like, not even, like, it just came out of nowhere. He all of a sudden is, they talk about how he's, like, snapping and how committed he is to the role. And the next thing you know, he's fucking duct taped to the wall and his kids are tied up, (laughs) kneeling while he's pointing guns at everybody. Oh my god! That's my that's favorite funny. moment with him. Oh my! Or even one of my favorite moments also is when he, they have those fake trailers played before the actual movie. Yep. And then he plays as the priest, and then Tobey Maguire has that small cameo. Yep. MTV oh, Movie fuck. Award Best Kiss winner Tobey yeah. Maguire. Yep. <laughs> Holy shit! That that was even genius too, honestly. Yeah, you know what? That's an aspect of the movie that I, I oh man, it's so I kind of wish more movies would would do something like that, but I guess it only works with the concept. Like with Tropic yes. Thunder, that's so ripe for the picking because in a way it's giving you a lot of exposition and insight into who these characters are. And we don't have to spend time getting to know them through I know they do an access Hollywood exposure piece in the midst of the movie where they they tell you more details about them. Yeah. Those fake trailers tells you a lot. We know Jack oh, yeah. Black's the funny guy, but he's not taken seriously. We know yes. Kirk Lazarus is the super serious Daniel Day-Lewis type. We know Tug Speedman is the blockbuster action hero who's made five, no, six Scorcher movies. Scorchers, yeah. And the last one was, <laughs> the last one was all about how the fridge got left open. Yep. <laughs> and then Al Pacino is, uh, you know, a, a rapper and he merchandises his stuff. And you know, I forgot Al Pacino, honestly. I forgot he was yeah. one of the characters. Gives you an, like it gives you so much insight in all those characters. Like I found the trailers, there's they were so genius. Yes. Um, Booty so sweat, would, baby. Out of, out of all those trailers, which one would you rather see? I would honestly want to see the Robert Downey Jr. one. Satan's Alley. Nice. Satan's Alley. That sounds like an amazing movie that Ben Stiller should direct. <laughs> bring it back ben if you're listening to this we need you to come back oh we need you to direct the movie satan's alley bring back rdj and toby Maguire. much older apple. versions of said characters but i would still True. be interested that would be um i think that'd be a hilarious move if they actually ever did it <laughs> i wanted to mention uh one other thing from the mockumentary that made me laugh and uh since you haven't you, you have you said you seen the mockumentary before no actually that's one thing i have not seen actually a part of the Tropic Thunder like director's kind of stuff like that is not the mockumentary but it does sound fucking hilarious <laughs> I got okay well, I'll see if I can find a link and I'll send it to you later um but there's okay. this other my, my favorite part of it which isn't surprisingly the RDJ part 
My favorite part of it involves Damien Cockburn. So he hires a military professional to come and do these boot camp morning walks with the actors. But the only actor that shows up is always Jay Baruchel's Kevin Sandusky's character. Yeah. So they go out for this morning walk. They get the mockumentary crew, Damien Cockburn and Jay Baruchel's character. They go for the walk and then out from the bushes while they're turning around a corner, the military guy jumps out and he fucking, you know, clubs Jay Baruchel and he goes, drop and give me 50. <laughs> Holy fuck. You know, ah, give shit. him a real, give, give him a, give him a real hard military experience. So then Damien Cockburn walks up to him and goes, yeah, this is what we need. This is going to add so much to the movie. This is great. Yeah. Drop and give me 50 yeah. <laughs> uh, Sandusky. And then the military guy looks at Damien Cockburn and goes, who the fuck are you? And <laughs> clubs him in the back of the knee. And he says, give me 50. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> The, the who the fuck are you is delivered so perfectly because Damien gets like right up next to him and basically yeah. acts like top shit with him. Yeah. The guy goes, no, we're not having this. Fuck you. You're going down too, buddy. Genius. Ah, oh, God, I love, I it fucking works. love these. I love this movie so much. It works. Holy shit. I have to find those now. It sounds I, I will. I, I'll look into it. I'll see if I can find a link for you and then you can watch it tonight or something. 30 minutes. Okay. Not a big commitment either. No, it's not. Generally, that kind of stuff is not. All right, man. So with that, we've kind of we've 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 introduced everybody to the the summer of Stiller. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna officially call it, which means I gotta work on a new intro for the show, and I'm gonna make it all. We'll try and make it as Ben Stillery as possible. Ooh, uh, which will be which would would just be fantastic. I'm sure, everyone I will enjoy so. that. I think so. <laughs> but uh, thank you, man. Thank you for doing this. And I can't wait to do this every Thursday with you. Sounds good to me. I will definitely keep it up with you. I, I, I had fun, honestly. <laughs> oh man, this was, this was such a fun fucking episode. That goes without saying you're, you're yeah. so much, you're fun to fucking talk to. You're great to have on, man. Uh, th- thank you. So <laughs> thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. And uh, I'll see you next Thursday. Well, that's see you next Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. All right, Thursday. everybody. Yes. Thanks for checking us out this week. Thanks for checking out our first, our introduction into the summer of Stiller. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow Bryant on Instagram at BryantGreen68. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at the Banter Booth Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Zach Crawford3. Thank you for checking out this episode. We'll be back with you next week. See you later. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye. <laughs>